0: All I have to say is carpal tunnel, and people will start rubbing their wrists and hands. It's become a nightmare that most of us live in fear of developing, but it's not a definite outcome. You can actively avoid it with as little as one minute per day. Welcome to the Just Dumb Enough podcast, a show that acknowledges no one is always an expert by dispelling misconceptions with real experts. I'm your host as always, Colton Petrie. My guest today is Dr. Terry Zachary. Our fine doctor started as a sports chiropractor and has spent his fair share of time as a professional golfer as well. He's here to discuss the mechanics of our hands in an honestly simple way. You'll know more in the first five minutes of this interview than most people know about their own hands. Not to mention, you'll learn solid tips to keep you from developing these repetitive grip injuries that we're all prone to. Let's keep our hands from breaking down.
1: Welcome to the show,
0: Dr. Terry Zachary.
1: Hey, Colton, thanks for having me. Looking forward to talking to you uh, about this subject that probably most of your listeners know limited about, so this will be great. Yeah, I am
0: very excited to have you on. Why don't you kind of give an introduction about yourself for the audience?
1: Yeah, so Colton, my background really was, uh, I guess, when I get down to the nitty gritty, I was kind of a sports junkie. I was, uh, I'm a Canadian, so by law, we have to play hockey almost. Uh, so started off in hockey. Uh you know, advanced there reasonably. Um, and then I got into golf at an early age was my second one and it turned out to be my real true love, uh, and also played basketball. And, and basically the history is throughout, you know, I was always interested in how the mechanics worked. I think golf especially got me into, man, how do I get in these positions and how do I not hit this golf ball all over the world? How do I keep it straight, etc. And just started learning and started being curious. Um, as I got older, and you know, then you have to get a real job technically. And uh, I was really interested in sports chiropractic, so I became a chiropractor and uh, started a sports chiropractic office. It's about half sports, half half family practice. So I saw it all, but I was always, you know, really curious about how the body worked and um, all parts of the body, truly. But but one of the parts that I would see in practice a lot, I would see a lot of injuries due to repetitive gripping, and it seemed like Nobody knew anything about it. And I studied the hand muscles pretty in intricately because I was always involved in this, always interested in repetitive gripping. Um, but I would have in the old days, Colton, I'd have like five or six exercises. And the, I think I drove my patients crazy. and you know, some of the really intense like professional athletes would do it if they were in pain uh once they got out of pain it was just too complicated they really wouldn't keep up and as much as i was would badger them about to about maintaining what we've done you know it just it was too cumbersome um, so that's my background and then i actually took some time off of practice uh to chase a dream i'm a i guess a bit of a dreamer but i wanted to try to take a run at professional golf at that point in my life where i you know where i was young enough and i had been pretty successful in uh the vancouver area which is kind of the hotbed of golf in uh in canada only place it's warm enough really throughout the winter and uh so i was doing well and i decided to go for that and end up uh, playing professional golf for about three years um to your audience never made the pga tour if they don't recognize the voice but uh, but then learned a lot and then got really into wow there's a lot of repetitive grip injuries on these mini tour players and you know larger tour players after that you know some on the big tour and senior tour and women's tour Uh, we started to get really into that and uh, realized I couldn't do four or five exercises anymore and and I started to really look at what I can do to help these people because it's too hard to explain all the exercises
0: yeah and congratulations on you know any level of pro tour
1: that's very good yeah, you know, it's it's a difficult sport. And and I love the sport still to this day. I love the sport. And we're still doing lots of work in the sport. Uh, but when you get down to the nitty gritty and you see these uh, men and women on TV that are playing like they're playing, it's just hard to imagine. How, it really is hard to imagine how good they are. And I got to a pretty decent level. But the people that, you know, the ones that really make it to the upper echelon, are, it's are unless you see them live, it's kind of hard to understand how good they are.
0: Yeah. So when you say a repetitive grip injury, the first thing that comes to mind is carpal tunnel. Is it the same thing or is there a difference in it?
1: Yeah, you know, it's a it's a really good question to start out with because it's one of several misunderstanding about the hand muscles. So basically to lay it out, you know, I think it's what keeps people away from, from really studying hand exercise intricately is that when you look at the hand muscles, they are very complicated. And that's why they have like, hand therapists and hand surgeons like a specific professionals that are dedicated to this area is that but but when we lay it down when we when I talk to an athlete or a musician or a gamer in ergonomics whatever we try to simplify it a lot because really to take all that complicated uh, anatomy it basically does lay out that there's nine muscles that close the hand and they're and they attach on the front of the fingers and thumb and hand and wrist and carpal tunnel like you said and forearm and elbow, so they're they're not just in the hand. There's there's intrinsic hand muscles, yes, but the hand muscles do extend to attach to all those joints and structures. So there's nine muscles that close the hand, and that's kind of what the the ones that we're kind of traditionally we take something and squeeze it, and we think that's the only muscles that there is. Well, that's where all the problems start, and that's where we see the repetitive gripping problem because you equally have nine muscles on the back of the fingers and thumbs and hands and wrists and carpal tunnel and forearm and elbow that affect those structures equally. So when you lay it out and you think of that, and when your viewers hear that there's nine muscles that close the hand, there's nine muscles that open the hand, they really never will exercise their hands wrong again. And that's just understanding that part is enough from even today's talk. What does happen though, as we get more complicated, is whenever I squeeze something, when I take something and squeeze it, those nine muscles are closing the hand to grip whatever I have. say it's a, say it's a tennis racket. Uh, those muscles that close the hand are definitely gripping, but the muscles that open the hand are also contracting. It's a co-contraction. So they're contracting to support the muscles that grip that grip the tennis racket or whatever, you know, whatever it is, guitar or whatever. Um, so the problem that happens is, you know, often people, we are taking those grip muscles through a full range of motion as we grip something, but the muscles in the back of the hand, wrist, forearm, elbow are really getting trained statically. It's like if I took a brick and held it with my arm bent to about, you know, to 90 degrees, and I said, that's a that's a bicep exercise, you'd think I was crazy. You have to move that bicep through its full range of motion. But what we do with those muscles that open and spread the hand is we never train them through their motion, and they become actually static and very easy, easily to weaken and easily easy to injure. So I know it's a long answer to your question, but when you talk about carpal tunnel syndrome, it's one of many problems that happen from imbal- an imbalance in that whole kinetic chain. Okay, so somebody might have carpal tunnel syndrome, and they might even uh, get some relief from a carpal tunnel surgery or something like that, but that doesn't correct. The nine muscles that close a hand, nine muscles that open a hand, strength, balance, and blood flow it doesn't correct that at all. So we have to, what we really talk to people about is to understand the area, train it properly, and that's where you see these things go away. Now, now carpal tunnel specifically, Colton, when you're talking about it, is uh, even, even your audience can think of if I had a little paintbrush in my hand. If I was holding a little paintbrush, there's a cleavage between the base of the thumb, the base of the pinky finger, and that's about where the carpal tunnel is. And you can even just feel how that closes down when I grip something. So let's say I'm a painter and I paint all day. And this is a common thing. Let's say I'm a dental hygienist and I'm holding a tool like that all day. And that carpal tunnel is shutting down. Well, I'm really, my daily habits are going to eventually, as I do that long enough, they're going to affect the structure of that area. So it's slowly going to close down if I do nothing to oppose it. And so what we talk to people about, uh, like I say, sports, music, ergonomics, like a like a dental hygienist or gamer, same thing. Somebody's controlling a mouse, etc. Is we have them specifically strengthen the nine muscles that open and spread the hand as well. And once you do that, if you're you know taking that pretend paintbrush and just open and spread the hand for a while, let the paintbrush fall and now feel what that carpal tunnel feels like. It's nice and wide. And as I train it that way, the other benefit we get is we stimulate blood flow through the carpal tunnel and venous drainage and lymph drainage away from the carpal tunnel. And those are a lot of things that will uh, add up to create a carpal tunnel syndrome as there's poor circulation through the carpal tunnel, and the carpal tunnel basically collapses and breaks down because of bad repetitive grip habits. So carpal tunnel is one thing, but then again, You talk about all those other structures those muscles attached to are also affected. And often in carpal tunnel, it's just like the weak link in the chain. I mean, that's a a great way to put it, like the
0: weak link in the chain. It's the first one to break, not the only one that's breaking. And the way you describe that, you know, like, oh, when you grip, these are the muscles being worked and the other ones are kind of static. They're stuck in place. We really only ever grip stuff. I can't think of a time where I like spread my hand open and do Much motion at all.
1: No, it's exactly true. Like you don't. It's pretty hard to carry a coffee cup. You know, behind it's always going to be in your palm side. Like nothing's ever on your on the back of your hand. And really, like the only times you'll ever do it, if you remember, like in the old days when I, you know, when I first looked into as I was training hands, there used to be it used to be common to go into a training room and see a rice box. And that's about the only thing that I've ever seen that properly mimics the hands that's kind of convenient where you just go in and grab the rice and then open and spread the rice uh, against your hand. Uh, you know, the problem is that's pretty hard to to be portable around, but it but it really just for some reason where those mechanics were close at the time, and that's, that's probably 20, 25 years ago that I remember seeing the last one in a clinic. Um, you just don't see them anymore, but it's just for some reason, the concept of training all 18 muscles just never caught on. Everybody just kind of forgot about it. Um, and we focused on it because it was like, isn't this obvious? <laughs> and it's just, it's not obvious because we've, even I grew up, you probably the same Colton where you grew up somebody says, take this spring loaded or coiled or, or racquetball or something and squeeze it, squeeze it. And it's, it's really nonsense. It's like, you know, if I did that with my chest and I just did chest presses, but I never did the back, you'd feel stronger for a while. You'd, you know, you'd get stronger and you'd see results, but there's a point where the imbalance would start speaking way too loud to you and you'd see all of a sudden you'd start to see injuries and weakness actually come from that. You have to strengthen the muscles, you know, the back muscles, if you're going to strengthen the chest muscles. So you maintain that support, you maintain that balance, and it's not indifferent from the hand muscles. It's The exact same misunderstanding but again there just doesn't seem to be the attention on the hand muscles and it's just created an array of problems
0: yeah like you said you know there is i probably have several in my house where it's like oh there's a stress ball and there's the the spring-loaded hand trainer or whatever it is and what you're saying is like yeah these tools can strengthen your hand but more likely than not they are actually weakening you
1: because you're only training half the muscle. It's, it's uh, you know, and that's the thing is when we tell, when we talk to people in the simple education, if I talk to somebody for 45 seconds and I tell them that the nine muscles close the hand, there's nine muscles that open the hand, basically tell them where they are, They they understand that. And that's, if we talk to people about that, so we'll usually, I'll explain that traditionally that what we think is hand exercise is a hand closing exercise. That's all it is. You know, so it's, I'm I'm never saying it's a super horrible exercise, but if that's all you do, it's just like saying, well, you know, a chest, you know, working your chest is a stupid thing to do. Well, I would never say that, but you better do something to work your upper back to offset it and, you know, make sure you understand that the anatomy, your anatomy, as you go away from a workout has to be in balance. And the other thing I would say to that too, is, and I don't know when we first started working with this, and this was, I mean, this is a couple of, this is like 20 years ago, we first started looking at this, Colton, was that, I don't know that I ever really thought about this to begin with. I was just literally saying, hey, here's the muscles. We, we've done EMG tests on showing how when you grab something, the extensor muscles are contracting just as much as the flexor muscles. So mine was all about getting these athletes to begin with. And then musicians after that, that was mostly who I saw, was to understand that you need to strengthen the muscles that close and the muscles that open and spread. But part and parcel was that, that you also started to see uh, just amazing blood flow, like blood flow and lymph drainage. And I think movement is one of the things that I have through the process of, of, of working with hand muscles is I've seen that full range of motion does so much for your health just to stimulate blood flow. And when you're when you're speaking to the upper extremities, you're getting blood flow all the way to the periphery and it's a really, really healthy thing for your whole body. And I, I can get into that if we want to a little bit in time. But my point was, there's, there's a couple of problems when you only strengthen the muscles to close your hand. You, you first of all are definitely bringing over time. You're bringing these joints and structures into imbalance. There's no question in my mind. Um, but the second thing is you're getting very limited blood flow, uh, and that's that's a big problem uh, because the hands uh, there's a lot there's. Lots of studies, there's just a new one out in November, I've I've got it here, we're just starting to talk about it a little bit with our groups, Um, but they talk about how having about grip strength is directly correlated to life longevity. And that might, like, it might sound like a stretch to people, but it's not a stretch to me anymore, because usually somebody with, you know, good to high grip strength, average or like above average to high grip strength is usually very active, that's usually the case. But the other thing is, is when you're using your hands, you are bringing blood flow to the periphery and lymph drainage all the way from the periphery. And when it comes to the upper extremity, your lymph ducts are actually just at the end, like they're just by your, basically by your shoulders. So if I'm improving the lymph drainage, I'm probably improving the function of my lymph ducts, which is what drains toxins from your whole body. So I think there's a lot to This kind of new idea of really focusing on these hand muscles for full range of motion. There's so many benefits. We haven't even talked about, you know, performance performance benefits. If I'm a, a golfer, I saw that firsthand. If you have super strong and balanced hands, you can relax your hands and let the golf club do its thing. You know, or if you get in high grass, like you talk about these professional golfers that play difficult golf courses. If they have really good mechanics of their grip and really strong grips they can go into high grass, get it out of there and have a low risk of injury. Whereas if they're all imbalanced in there and they've got these static muscles at the back of the wrist and the elbow, and and they could be strong, but they're imbalanced, right? And they've had poor blood flow. You might go through that heavy grass and injure yourself. It's, it's, it's not uncommon for professional golfers. Um, so, so many benefits, but just it all stems from not understanding the anatomy of the hand muscles and yeah you know, there's a lot to that
0: in that you said even carrying your coffee cup like it's all one sided yep. motion so this really kind of affects everyone and not just you know like the professional golfer or a musician it's kind of a global problem
1: it, it really is like there's so what i would say colton is is you're dead on everybody's everybody is in <clears throat> some degree of a repetitive grip imbalance there, there's no doubt and, you can, I mean, if you're uh, I I don't recommend you do this Colton to your buddies or to your friends or your family or anything, but, uh, you can go up, uh, to somebody and grab their, the outside of their elbow, because that's where the outside of the elbow is basically where the muscle belly is for the finger extensors for the longer, the long finger extensors. And you can go up on almost anybody, especially if they play guitar or they're a hockey player or they're like, uh, you know, gamer. Um, and you can just grab the outside of their elbow and put some pressure there, and they'll they'll jump off the ground because that's how tight it already is. So everybody, like you say, we're always gripping. We're always using that subtle mechanic where you know the muscles that open the hand are contracting statically to support the muscles that are doing whatever you're doing in grip, and we just don't understand that that's happening. But over time, we're building imbalance. Then you get to somebody that really like you know we work with professional golfers, but now I've worked with professional musicians um, who have done it for years and years and years and the imbalance has just gotten crazy and they start to notice uh, we got a lot of complaints of like uh, numbness and cramping like there's just poor circulation and arthritic changes and tennis elbows real common and carpal tunnel like you said is real common and finger and thumb problems etc but it's that same imbalance and Sometimes when I work with them, I almost bring it to something that they can see and they're familiar with. So I said, you know, I bring the idea of posture up a lot because it's it's a it's really complementary mechanically because you know, if you're if your posture is really, really poor, you could have neck problems, back problems, rib problems, breathing problems. And it's it's really similar, but it's all based on losing your neutral mechanics, right? So so yeah, you get the the average person walking around has has got some degree and if they do a lot of repetitive gripping and especially strong repetitive gripping they're going to have a a major degree and then we even do we've even done uh lots of work with people i would even say something like a wheelchair Uh, that's in a wheelchair well now not only are they using their hands to do whatever well now they're using their hands for you know for movement uh etc we've got one fellow that's uh he's uh he's a golfer that has one arm. So he's one of the best golfers with one arm. And so he's always doing things with his family, et cetera, et cetera, you know, now, and he's a golfer. So now we get extreme, extreme situations, but everybody is somewhere on that scale. Uh, Even if they're not symptomatic and uh, for, especially the athletes that we work with and musicians, their performance, you know, they'll notice the performance going down even before symptoms and then symptoms come after that. So, You can, you know, by training muscles, you can really, you can, you can virtually help everybody and at the least stimulate their blood flow. But if they do anything with their hands, uh, they just, they have to understand it or they're going to build themselves into imbalance.
0: And it's not like this is something that only occurs in an aging population, right? This is something that you can start to notice at 20 or 30, depending on, I suppose, what you do for a career, but...
1: Something you could probably notice pretty early on. You know, that's a, that's a real good question because it comes to a point that we've seen lots is that, so as I say, and I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to freak people out. This is just straight mechanics. It's just, it wasn't up to me, you know, how this body was built, but it's a, it's a beautiful structure. And what happens is, for example, um, I'll I'll even go with like uh, musicians because it's a really interesting market. Because the musicians, the last thing most of them want to do is exercise, right? They're like right into their music and 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 rightly so, right? Unless somebody says, Hey, you might want to watch this. But like a young musician, they're, you know, even though they'll have grip imbalances, and we can do muscle tests on them, we can do EMG tests on them and show them if they're that type that might be curious, you know, and if and there's a you know, there's a certain percentage of musicians that are just like, I want to make myself the best I can be. And therefore they'll listen to us and they'll train properly because now their, their speed and their stamina and their stretch and everything is improved. So they like that aspect of it, but they don't ever really have too many symptoms. Like the body is so flexible. The body can get away with a lot for a long time. So, so the younger musicians that we would work with would be the ones that like, Hey, Yes, I want to keep my body in balance, and I don't, you know, I'd love to prevent injuries. But they're not—that's not even almost on their radar yet. They want to perform. Whereas when you get to the older musicians, and you could put this for anything like pickleball's big now, right? And so it is—that is, that is the older people, generally speaking—and now they have to. Let's let's go with the older musician. Is starting to see problems because now you know they've been playing for a long time. Now they're starting to see performance problems and probably pain because the imbalance has been around for so long, you know, their blood, their body can't adapt anymore. And it's like, I got to do something about this. And so the older they are, so it affects everybody, but the younger musicians almost can't believe they're almost bulletproof, right? They, Oh, I don't think that'll ever happen to me, but I want to go faster. And I I don't want to, you know, I want to be have good stamina for a performance or whatever, but now, so that's, that's the way the scale goes, but now we've got things like pickleball on the radar. It's, it's getting so much popularity. And now you're seeing these baby boomers want to move around, smaller court, you know, easier learning curve. So it's really, really popular, but it's still a grip sport. So, you know, now you're starting to see these, whoa, what was that? You know, these wrist and and elbow injuries, especially carpal tunnel problems because it's gripping. So still we're talking about the same imbalance, but the younger people, it's more of a performance thing that they're interested in it for. And the older people are literally like, holy cow, I've got something going on with me. I don't know exactly what it is, but, you know, so the the hand muscle imbalance kind of speaks to the, to the demographic a little bit differently, but, but you're right. It's still, I'm a fan of, I'm a fan of let's have these areas thrive. Like when we work with athletes, it's like, who cares about symptoms? How do you want to be the best you can be? You know, and these are the muscles, train them, give them strength, give them length, give them balance get blood flow in the area and you're going to be able to perform no matter what you're doing. And, uh, and then yes, the chance of injury is way less, but we want to get people to thrive. And that's why I push it on. We push it and say, this is a key area. It's the only thing that connects you with your instrument, whatever it is, you know, whether it's in the workplace or your gamer, or whatever music and sports, and it's your only connection And you better darn well take care of it, especially, you know, if you want to prove that whatever degree, but if you don't want, if you want to keep on doing this for a long time, keep it healthy.
0: And there's great points in there. Cause you're like, number one, establish a good, a good habit early on. If you're already working these things, when you're young for a performance, you're not going to see some of those issues as you get older. Absolutely. And then as you get older you know, the first place my mind goes is not like, oh, my muscles are out of practice. I'd be like, oh, I've got some kind of a cramp going or I've got arthritis building or whatever it is like that would be the first place my head would go. And then if I had talked to you and you're like, no, it's your muscles, like you haven't worked the right half of your muscle sets for years on this instrument, I'd be like, I'd have never thought about that.
1: <laughs> you know, it's it's funny because, like I say, I mean, how long you and I, Colton, talked? We were probably into the into our discussion for a minute, and you know that nine muscles close your hand and nine muscles open your hand. And really, like that's that's what we will, you know, we're speaking to people a lot of times. You only get a minute, and once that cues in, they kind of think of things differently, and then they do they do they treat the muscles. Now all of a sudden, you realize, wait a minute, because the bottom line is when when you're you know, I have people, when we work with groups, they, they're they like, whoa, like, I've never heard this before. And they feel kind of silly that they've done things wrong or not done anything. Like a lot of people just don't do any hand exercise. But I really don't look at that as their fault. There's just been no leadership in this area. But, but like I say, it is a muscle problem. It's a muscle imbalance problem that primarily, but it affects your joints and your structures and your blood flow secondarily. And uh, once you get it right, like a whole bunch of things come into place.
0: And this isn't like it's a secret, like nine muscles open, nine muscles closed. That's pretty well-known knowledge. So why is it we only see grip exercises as far as, you know, closing down your
1: hand? Uh, Actually, Colton, I don't think it was well-known. I I don't, for the longest time, we're trying to make it well-known so that, you know, people can just, uh, like I was just getting sick and tired of seeing all these injuries from the same basic imbalance. And when we would interview, when I would interview all you know the out whoever I was, you know, could be just a regular family practice person, they would have no idea about the hand muscles. Like I would ask them, like, "What do you do for hand exercise?" And they would show me that they grip something, or they wouldn't do anything, one of the two. And I would say, "Well, what do you do for the for the nine muscles that open and spread the hand?" And and they would look at me basically like I've changed languages on them. They would go, "Like, what are you talking about?" And then it just takes that bit of education, and that's why we all gotta. And again, this is my expertise, but it's not. You know, as we get into detailed stuff like what a hand therapist does, there's some really intricate stuff that's going on. A hand surgeon, same thing. But when it comes to hand exercise, this is very solvable. And when I when I had the four, and you know, when I would give somebody five and six exercises, that was a problem. But I've, we've talked about that we developed a product that we can give to the person. Cause you have to, here's the thing I learned is we, when I was on tour, um, I was playing as well. So I would get people coming up to me all the time when they knew that I was, I had some history in sports chiropractic and they would ask me about different things. And a lot of them was, had to do with fingers, thumb, and carpal tunnel and elbow. And so just a common thing in golf, and especially at that level where they're, they're practicing and playing so much. Um, so I couldn't tell them five and six exercises anymore. I did for a while and they were confusing them and it's taking time away from me. It's taking time away from them. And, you know, they have elastic bands laying all over the place. Then they have, you know, some kind of a tennis ball or something laying around. Uh, one of the, tour events we came to, I was traveling with a English friend of mine and uh, we were good friends and he was a very good player. And, but at the time I was, I didn't have children. I was, this was my dream. I was going for it. I had something to fall back on. Uh, but he left a, you know, a pretty stable career to to go chase this dream. And he had two children, a wife and two children back at home. And he developed uh, a really disabling tennis elbow. Like he he couldn't even, we talking about coffee cups he couldn't even lift his coffee cup. So he couldn't play or he couldn't practice. He couldn't play. And that was on a mini tour. We were in a mini tour, Colton and mini tours. If you want to make any money, you got to be like top four. You know, there's, there's uh, 90 good players, you know, that all need food and they're going to play you pretty hard. And he can't even practice. So when I came across that one, I said, that's enough. Like I got to help this guy and, and we have to do something to, I wouldn't say, I didn't even think of dumbing this down, but I wanted to figure out a way to make it easier where there wasn't all this junk laying around. And, and it was like a couple of days later, three o'clock in the morning, you know, something wakes you up. And it's like, wait a minute, I could just, I could open up a ball and put a cord through it. And that would keep the vectors of resistance in the middle, which they're supposed to be for opening and spreading. And I just remember being super excited and had to wait for like Fanny's fabrics to open and, uh, I got some elastic like waistband and it was an awful looking prototype, but, you know, carved out of on it worked. And so I got this guy going on it and did some soft tissue work with, you know, which I did with patients and then got him using this ball and retrained the muscles and boom, he, he was off to the races. So then I got really curious about it and started, you know, I made some rough prototypes and worked with other golfers that were having problems and And, uh, yeah, that's where it all came from, but none of them understood about the hand opening muscles, but that didn't mean, you know, I still had to make it so it was easy and now you just close and open and spread and it's like, anybody can do this.
0: Yeah. And, you know, as you kind of said, you made some prototypes and they have eventually become a finished product, Yeah. uh, you know, you're very kind in sending me and, uh, these are really cool.
1: Like, yeah, you know, and that this thing is, and Colton, I didn't even have to, you and I didn't spend any time on, oh, I got to explain how to use it. It's pretty straightforward. And I have a lot of people, too, when they talk to them about when they're users, they said, you know, I used to just feel like I wanted to open my hand anyways, like just intuitively I wanted to. And that often happens, right? And and even for, you know, any of your, any, any of your audience, uh, even if you're standing there right now, you just close and open and spread your hand like even if you don't have one of the balls right with you close open and spread. And you're at least you're going to feel what that feels like. Then when you bring resistance that, that resists properly, the opening and spreading muscles, once you feel that with some resistance, you're off to the races. And all of a sudden your mechanics of your, of those fingers and thumbs and hands and wrists and carpal tunnel and forearm and elbow, they will change. And you're like two, three weeks. It's a whole different story.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, since we're bringing it up, it's a good time to plug it. Handmaster Plus—that is your product.
1: Yeah, so it's called Handmaster Plus, and and uh, we were joking about when it was the rough prototype. It was—I mean—it took years to figure out. Like I didn't know anything about how to do this, but you know, many people helped me through the process, and it was a lot of people that I helped with the rough prototype types. And so, yeah, we 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 got it all figured out. And had a couple of iterations. You go through that, like you don't get it right, the first mold, and then you're like, holy cow, how, how are we going to do this? But now we've got to the point, yeah, it's Handmaster Plus. We originally, Colton, made them because I was strictly focused on athletic performance, so we originally made a medium one. I see the one you have on there is the soft version. So now we have, uh, there's a soft and a medium and a firm, and most people will be on the soft and the medium, Um And that's, they really won't progress any further than that. And there's maybe less than 5% need to go further, but there's a real firm one as well. Um, So we suit all needs. And originally it was going to be for athletes. And now we're with musicians and ergonomics and hobby and gamers. And it's just the same. We were talking before we started here today. It's like the markets are the same. It's just all this repetitive gripping and poor blood flow and poor muscle imbalance and it's easy, like you know, again, there's there's I always say there's two options of how if you want to have balanced hands, you either quit what you do, which is obviously kind of joking. There nobody wants to quit what they're doing, or just do something to offset your habits. And now that you offset your you offset your habits, you're off to the races. And actually, not only are you offsetting the imbalance, but you're performing better. Absolutely. And
0: but before we get too far into this, where can people pick these up if they're looking to grab yeah. one?
1: So Colton, they're available, uh, they're available in a lot of places. They just have to look for them, ask for them. I know we're in, in the States, we're in Kroger. And Kroger's who, probably our biggest guy that carries them. Uh, but lots of places, I know, Hometown Pharmacy, and depending where your where you're, uh, all your uh, audience is. And then uh, we're in, I know, Discount Drug Mart. But we're also online. Uh, we do have a website, handmasterplus.com. Uh, our parent company is called... Uh, doczac.com I'll spell that as d-o-c-z-a-c.com and uh that's our parent company and if anybody ever if any if any of the audience has questions I am wide open to questions education is what I do in the company so uh they can send me an email at info at and I'm I answer them all um the the answers are going to sound pretty similar I will tell people but uh Sometimes people have unique questions that they need answered and I'm always available.
0: Absolutely. And usually I don't do like a, uh, a plug right in the middle of the show, but like when I got these and again, it's very simple. Like yeah, I looked at the the, key part. the very short instruction manual that's in multiple languages and I'm yeah. like, okay, what do I need to look at here? And I looked at it and I'm like, all right, that's, that's very simple. I'll grab the soft one, especially for the purpose of having this interview, just so I don't look like a baby in front of you everybody. Tire is, out, <laughs> yeah. can't
1: do it. Yeah, um, but I'm like you just start doing it, and it feels good. It, it's, uh, you know, I, I, again, I know it's my product, and we do fine with the product. We sell these things around the world, so it's not like I don't even feel like I want to. Hey, you're gonna, you to buy one of these things. It's, it's like, there's so much more to it. We've been into it for a few years now. Is that yes. I want people to improve what they do, especially if, if they're in a grip activity. Um, we did a lot of work for several years in the dent, in the dental market, and like hygienists, just have a really difficult ergonomic challenge. They, it's just, it's a I, I call it almost an ergonomic nightmare. But you know they're not alone. But there's an easy solution now, and and the other thing that I talk to people about is it's it's gone beyond just the muscles as we were talking about earlier. You So we would get people for years, Colton, and this is where I first got into the seeing the studies about the hand strength and life longevity. And I don't want to like promise something that sounds crazy to people, but mechanically what would happen is we would have people say, we would have people write us all the time saying this thing helped my fill-in-the-blank, a carpal tunnel or a tennis elbow or whatever, uh, de Quervain syndrome we work with quite a bit in the thumb. So it helped with that. But they would say then things like, "Yeah, but I'm feeling better. Or I'm sleeping better." And I'm like, "Okay." So my thought to begin with was simply that, "Okay, th- they've got a pain in the butt out of their life, so that they, they just feel better." And then we started looking a lot more into the blood flow and the lymph drainage stuff because uh, the I can't. I don't know the fellow's name offhand, but there was a a UK uh, osteopath that that um, I think his last name was Perrin. If somebody wants to look it up, I'm pretty sure it was Perrin. He did some work on just the importance of lymph drainage and, you know, how, what that does in some really advanced healthcare problems. And then that's when I started to see, I think, we we, we got a thermography study done about the same time. And we saw that the blood flow was com- us compared to like just repetitively squeezing something, the old traditional stuff. And ours was, I mean, it wasn't even a fair fight. So we know, we know that we increase blood flow like, uh, well beyond what traditional hand exercise does, which is not a surprise to anybody that's used the product, but, but it's also stimulating. We, we, we assume it's stimulating lymph drainage and we've talked about the lymph ducts. And once you get, you're getting blood flow to your extremities, it's just that body is the you know, the internal traffic system of the body is working better. And, uh, yeah, so that's why I'm a big fan of people just knowing about this and understanding that your hands are important, not just for gripping things, but, but definitely important for that, but just for your whole system, um, you know, moving, moving your blood moving your, uh, your lymph is vital to your health.
0: Yeah. And this is not like if people are sitting there and they haven't listened to some of the back episodes, cause we've talked about this before where we say like, oh, the hands affecting your lymph nodes, like that's crazy. Like, I mean, your mouth affects your heart, so
1: why wouldn't it? Absolutely. You know, And but that's a good point. It's a really good point is I don't claim that the hands are the... It's just that everything's... Like, every part of your body is important to keep uh, healthy and keep in balance. Like, every part of your body and just like the hands have just been ignored for a long time. And I think the reason they've been ignored for a long time is we never saw anything amazing come out of it. Because traditionally, we only do, you know, like you said, half an exercise. And you're not going to see a big difference in your health when you just, you know, you're just repetitive gripping. Where we can do better. So, uh, and again, I I would say the big thing that I saw, Colton, is that it wasn't like I knew about the hand muscles a long, long time ago. I knew we were doing it wrong a long, long time ago. And It wasn't that we started making the big gains. It the the big like changes in opinion when we made it like uh, easy to do. So with the handmaster, when you got yours on, like you know, intuitively you put it on and you open and spread. And it's like, if you can't remember to close your hand and open and spread your hand, that's about as much as we can dumb it down. But it also, so I tell people it's almost like, uh, it's almost like fast food. But we actually, in the old days, when I took elastic bands and I tried to open and spread, I actually couldn't get the body to open and spread fully. So it drove me nuts. So it's actually, now that we're doing with Handmaster Plus, You close, open, and spread, and you're actually stimulating the muscles through their full natural range of motion uh, through both closing and opening and spreading. So it's almost like healthy fast food is what we call it. We sped up the exercise. We made it that you can actually fit it into your daily routine easy peasy, but we also made it that, holy cow, now the exercise resists these muscles through the muscle's full range of motion, so you're going to get more out of it, you know, longer, stronger, muscles and tendons but also better blood flow because you you're getting resistance through a full range of motion and it feels really
0: natural to like do so much so that i have to like open my other hand at the same time yeah, yeah. doesn't have a hand master on it yeah. so that i feel like oh yeah there is a difference in the amount of resistance that i'm feeling because otherwise it does just kind of feeling like you're opening and closing your hand and then you're like, oh, there's actually a pretty specific resistance if I do this with an empty hand versus having this exactly. in my hand.
1: And I think you'll also realize, like, we, like you know, we, we kind of brushed over it, but when you think nine muscles, like nine muscles, oh, yeah, nine muscles. Well, there is nine muscles that open and spread your hand. And when you use, when you put resistance on those nine muscles through a full range of motion, it doesn't take you long to go like, holy cow, I've never felt this before. You know, because, because those muscles have been dormant or like, you know, grown statically over our lifetime. And once you use Handmaster Plus, you, you definitely will feel like, okay, uh, now I'm starting to feel where those muscles are. So, yeah, there's there's good feedback. But intuitively, you'll want, a lot of people want to open their hands intuitively or just, you know, stretch the flexor side out intuitively. Well, you got to make it a fair fight. If those flexor muscles are strong, you got to strengthen the opposing muscles. Like stretching is good too, but you got to, you got to balance the musculature.
0: Yeah, of course. So in, like I said, I'm wearing, you know, easy baby mode because that's, that's, was, you
1: should start with that by the way, Colton. So that's good.
0: I was a little afraid of like doing this and then like, you know, yeah. being fatigued in the middle of the interview and being like, oh yeah, I'm totally doing it. No one can see me cry. Yeah. Um But
1: how much time should I be doing this? So we will tell people that everybody's a little bit different. Um, so what we tell people is you want to, you want to exercise to do a comfortable fatigue. That's the instruction we give. So with the hand muscles, they're, they're not like a bicep, like they're long, lean muscles. They're smaller muscles. So what we're looking at doing is getting tone over time. Like you don't need to go bananas on them. So, when you start, if you uh, you have the set, I assume. So if you you, you have the set, so you start with the soft one. That's what we always want you to do. You start with the soft one, Colton, until it bores you. And you might, you know, at the start, you might go for a minute, a minute and a half. And if you feel a comfortable fatigue, that's enough. Now you can do it. We, we recommend one to three times per day. But the big thing is, is you want to make sure you stay consistent with it. Uh, the reason is, and again, it, you don't have to overwhelm your body. But if you're, you know, if you're in, your inner brain is saying, well, Colton's never, ever trained these mus- hand opening muscles, we don't give a crap about what's going on. We got to digest food. He's eating. I got to balance hormones. I got to, you know, I got to grow hair. I got lots to do. Um, But so I'm not going to open up blood flow and lymph drainage to his extensor muscles because he never uses them. But once you, bring that environment into your daily life and you say, okay, even if you don't go bananas, you go for comfortable fatigue, might be a minute and a half with the soft. You'll see it probably won't be near that with the medium when you start, but you do that and you do it. Okay, that's good. Take it off. You might do it later in the day. You might do it, you know, one, two, three times a day. The key part is to be consistent because what happens is when you provide that environment where you're putting your hand through its full natural range of motion, Every day, you know, maybe you miss a day, but you're consistent. Now that Colton's inner brain's going like, wait a minute, what, what, what's going on? He's got some new activity. We better open up the blood vessels, open up the lymph drainage. Your body's going to create the environment because you do have an active environment there, and pretty soon you'll see your body adapting and be efficient because of what you're doing. So we're more concerned about that you're doing it on a regular basis. And you can keep consistent with it. That's why making it easy really, you know, instead of giving you the five or six exercises, we give you a close open, close open, comfortable fatigue, you're done. And there's no reason somebody can't bring this into their environment on a, you know, at least, you know, daily, say, or every other day is even fine. But if it's consistent, your body adapts and builds these good, strong muscles. You get good blood flow, get the veins are you know, the veins will be clearing properly. Lymph drainage is better. That's where you'll see the results. So, you you know, if you go crazy for two weeks and then don't do anything, just like anything else, I guess. Um, but the consistency, if you keep consistent, you keep with the full range of motion. You don't cheat, like, you know, full range of what you can do. Um, that's the way to do it and just continue with the soft then move to the medium once you're bored.
0: And obviously we don't want anyone to like hurt themselves and you know turn from a person who's never ran into a marathon sprinter. So, you know, starting at the soft like you said is reasonable. If we had everyone using these, would the
1: goal be to eventually get to the firm level? Yeah, it, the firm level I would say no. A no to that answer. The firm level really is um I would say under 5% of our users ever work with the firm like i've been working with these for years i can do the firm if i want to but it's just i can't really go through a full range of motion for very long so i'll do the firm every now and then but we have certain people that are just naturally so strong it's hard to believe it's hard for me to believe and some of the people we work with they're just like do you have anything firmer and we're going like no like (laughs) we 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 don't really want to go that firm because it's almost like a you know, it's almost like a piece of wood, almost. But um, so it's there's a there's a small percentage that go to the firm. And I'm I bet you it's under five percent if if that. So uh, you know, three, two, three percent, something like that, I would guess. But that's up to everybody else. And I tell people if you do, if they do get the three pack, which is a good value, you know, there's always For lack of a better term, there's always a knuckle dragger in the group that you know, super strong, like construction girl, construction guy that are so strong. I remember having a patient, the first patient that wanted to have one of the firms was a it was a female patient of mine, and I'm like, "Are you sure you want to go to the strong?" And then in front of me, she just did like she she had been on the medium for a long time, so you you have to go up in stages to use the firm, but she just started ripping these firms off, like just ripping one after another. And she went for like a minute. I'm going like, what are you made of? So just some people are just super naturally strong, but it's a small percentage and and it's really not needed. Soft and medium are good for most. Gotcha. Yeah, you're
0: like, look, I could drill a hole in a rock and put a a band (laughs) through
1: That's our next step. (laughs) I don't think we're going to do that one. Hey, one thing, Colton, I'll also tell you is that because we've gotten into quite a bit of the performance stuff and if, if you have a if you have a hand master there i can show you there's basically is another exercise that we use so i don't want to complicate the audience but uh that's your basic exercise close against the ball open and spread now the thing we get to for performance with our grip which gets to the next level i think we've got everybody understanding that you need to match the hand closing and hand opening muscles but the next step is you also have So if I'm a golfer, so we worked also with a lot of, we still work with professional hockey players. We just got done with a a junior team, which in hockey is a high level team here in Canada. And so you really can't see this, but I'll explain. If you can imagine you've, you've got a hockey stick in your hand, well, the lie of the hockey stick makes your wrists be in a certain position. And it's not a neutral position, but like a hockey player will have a different forearm wrist and forearm position consistently than to say a guitar player or like somebody in there on a computer. Um, So we also have to train. So there's muscle, there's muscles. So you got the muscles that close the hand and open the hand. And as I saw you doing yours with the soft, you'll see that the forearm staying in the same position, but to train the forearm. Now we've got nine muscles also in the forearm, which used to be another story about tricky to train. So what we do now is we have people close against the ball, open and spread against the cord. So we train the nine muscles to close, the nine muscles to open. We have the hand remain open and then they paint a figure eight. So with the wrist, it's almost like you're making an infinity sign with your wrist. So you close, open, figure eight, close, open, figure eight, et cetera. And now you'll feel all the muscles. So now we can balance and engage all the muscles in the forearm instead what we used to do we used, I don't know if you ever did the wooden doll exercise. a lot of people will like take a weight and they roll up a they roll up a weight in a string on a wooden doll and that gets your finger extensors and finger flexors uh, trained. but it's again that one plane. it's only in one plane. And athletes so you can train in one plane and that's better than nothing. but an athlete that a lot of the time that wrist is rolling around like a golfer there's pronation and supination tennis player, same thing guitar players doing various different things with the wrist. It's never straight up, straight down or straight sideways. It's three dimensions. So when we train our athletes, like tennis elbow is a, is a huge thing in athletics and guitar and workplace, You're getting back into those dental hygienists. I'm not trying to gang up on them, but I, I can think of truckers even, like tennis elbow is a big deal. Computer people, pianists, a lot of tennis elbow. So we want to train The the hand, the wrist and forearm muscles that support what the hand's doing, right? The hand's gripping and the forearm has to go into these different positions to support grip. Well, at the end of the day, we want balance, we want good balance in the forearm muscles too. And the figure eight muscles will take the figure eight exercise, will help that person do a complete job of hey, I do this for a my hobby or for a living. And I'm going to offset it by training all the muscles through their full range of motion so I walk away healthy and prepared for anything. Does that make sense? It's I don't want to complicate things, but those two exercises, they're still easy to do for our athletes instead of showing a whole whack of exercises. But they will complement any wrist forearm uh, exercise or they can be the wrist forearm exercise on their own. And it's not like, you know, we
0: haven't added an enormous stretch to our our roster of things to do but if you do like you sit here and it's very natural to do the grip and extend thing and then you want to throw a little flare on it like that figure eight's very easy to do and it does feel kind of unusual to make that full motion yeah
1: and then it's one of the things is you were going to break down static wrist muscles that have been trained really statically so we get more into that and that's the only it's kind of like that's two stages. But if you're a performance person, like all the athletes that we have that use our product, and we have them in a lot of training rooms and and a lot of workout rooms, they will do the they'll they'll usually be doing a figure eight exercise. So it's just kind of like two levels, but just for the gripping, close open and spread, you're gonna get a lot out of that. But once you want to go to the next stage of performance, the entire kinetic chain of grip then we in, include the forearm muscles. And that figure eight exercise is easy after a while. It'll be, it'll be easy to you right after we're done talking here. There's not much to it, but it's extremely complete. And then you'll really feel some blood flow.
0: And I feel totally comfortable as well, picking on dental hygienists because that is my mother. and she Oh, is that with, okay? Yeah. She's been on the show talking about dental hygiene and her wrists and her eyes and things like that. So I'm yeah. going to get a
1: get one of these and throw them at her as well. Well, that's a, you know, it's, it is something. And and I think it's one of the, and and like by trade, I'm a chiropractor. So it's not lost on me, the difficulty, the physical difficulty of dental hygienist, not just, not just the grip, you know, the whole body and the strain on the hands and, you know, not a lot of rest and uh, in, you know, when you're with a patient, it's a, it's a while. Um, So this is just it, it but it's a really easy tool. Every, again, I'll say this. Like there's no dental hygienist that's going to go in and do this and the mechanics don't go against them. The mechanics are what the mechanics are. It doesn't matter who you are. You have to figure out something to offset this grip problem and you have to, you have to do something to offset the postural problems that inevitably come with sitting and doing stuff forward. Um, so yes, I don't envy them. I I guess they kind of pick at us. <laughs> right, so we may as well pick at them too. But no, but it is, it's a it's a physically demanding and a really ergonomic tough job. I, I I have a lot of respect, but at the same time, that's why we push really hard. Hey, you're doing this. Understand the mechanics. Let's do something to offset it and keep you healthy. And and it's so many dental hygienists. As your mom will probably say their careers end because of injury, not because they're they don't want to do it anymore.
0: Oh yeah. That is, I mean, in most of them that, of course, you know, because my mother has done it for so long, like I've met lots of them and they're like, oh yeah, you know, neck pain from the angle I hold my head or back pain from leaning over or any of these, like, and that's not uncommon for a lot of people. If you took a look at professional gamers, like you have to hold a controller either in your hands or on a mouse and keyboard. Like That's a motion you have to sit there and hold very statically. And that can cause a lot of cramping.
1: Yeah. It, there's the examples go, they, the examples literally go on and on, but the gamers is something where and the other thing. So the gamers is always interesting to me because, you know, people say, well, I'm gamers, I don't want my kid gaming. And I I get it. Like we've like, I've got three kids and we're having a heck, we, we have a heck of a time limiting their, you know, digital time or whatever you want to call it. But some of these gamers, I know we've worked with, uh, we've worked with a couple of kids and these, these guys like, Dollars wise, like these guys are prof- like, if you want to talk just dollars, the professional side of things, they make some serious dollars. It's, and I'm not, I'm not impressed by the dollars. I'm just going like, I'm just shocked, but they're the best of the best. But if they're not getting any good advice, which I will guarantee, which I know they weren't because we've, we've met a bunch of them and they're like, well, what do we do? And then we talk to them about, well, here's how your muscles work and in, five minutes, they're going like, wow, this is like, you've, it's like I just went uh, scuba diving for the first time. And I'm, you know, seeing fish for the first time. It's just, it's basic to me. Uh, I like working with people where I can, it, another one is musicians, which I'm, I'm this kind of wannabe guitar player. I've kind of learned, but I don't have enough time to get any good, but we've, we work with uh GHS strings, which is a string company, uh, the boomer strings people will know about that are musicians. I didn't know much about them, but so we've had access to some of their artists if they're having problems. And there's some of them are like basically music heroes of mine. And we eventually get to meet them and we get to talk to them and we we go through the process and educate them. And they they just, they look at you like you were some kind of genius. And these guys are like, hall of, one, the one band I'm a real big fan of, is a they're a Hall of Fame band. And we're work, working with them. And they just don't know this stuff. So, um, you know, it's it's really interesting. But but I, I find the same thing in dental hygienists. When we go to the dental shows, most people don't know anything about these things. In fact, you'll know more than the dental hygienists do even before we talked here, you, having the handmaster. So it's it's just about the education. It's not complicated. Yeah, of course.
0: And I had a couple uh, listener questions from a longtime show fan. Yeah. So thank you, Mark, for sending some questions this way. Uh, and he had asked, is there a best keyboard and mouse to avoid, you know, any of these? I mean, obviously he asked carpal tunnel, but any of these injuries, like, is there a certain type of mouse or keyboard we should be
1: using? Uh, you know, I don't, I don't really, um, I don't really have a suggestion for Mark. I hate to, I hate to do that to him. Um, there is ergonomic um do you call them mice or mouses. I guess there's ergonomic, ergonomic mouses that uh, there's ergonomic mouses that I have seen. Um, the bottom line is, uh, yeah, how do I say this? So you, you want to keep your body as neutral as possible. So, I'm going to answer this question as I always do in the long form, but uh, what we see is that people think that there's a neutral er- ergonomics will say when I'm in the sitting position. I want to be the, as neutral as possible. I still have to remind people that neutral as possible when you're sitting and when your hands are when your hands are supinated down, uh, is still it's not neutral. Now it's as neutral as you can possibly do, but it's still not neutral. So you have to be aware that once you're with a mouse, I might not be able to give Mark a brand, but I can give him a huge tip on this. Is that once you're you know an ergonomic even an ergonomic mouse once you turn your hand and sup- supinate your hand down so the palm is facing down now all of a sudden you've complicated the you've complicated the mechanics of grip quite a bit and the reason i say that is we talked about you know if i'm controlling a mouse and i'm squeezing so anything i do in squeezing a mouse and flexing the flexor muscles are shortening these small muscles are shortening and that does shorten the carpal tunnel a, a wider mouse is better Okay, So you'd widen out your carpal tunnel. Um, But you're still doing the flexing. You're still using your extensor muscles to have to support the flex. But you're also using your finger extensor muscles to support, to pull your finger against gravity. Does that make sense? When my palm's down, now I also have to keep my wrist and fingers up against gravity. If I don't, they'll just fall and clunk onto the mouse. So... One thing for Mark to recognize he's gonna to have to do his own research about like a brand. I don't have anything really to say. I don't we don't really work with anybody on that. We probably a note to look into what I think is the best one because I think we could do EMG tests and really find out what the best one is. So it's a good question. But it's another situation where I'm gonna say if you're working with a mouse, your palm is down, okay, just like a piano player, or if you're you know keyboarding all the time your palm is down, you have to strengthen those muscles properly. You're not going to get away from the mechanics of palm down. Your finger extensors are supporting grip if I'm hitting a keyboard or if I'm hitting a mouse, okay? The mechanics are still active. Getting a mouse won't take everything away. You should get the most neutral mouse possible. Like I wouldn't want a mouse that's tiny and I have to, you know, like that artist paintbrush we're talking about that's going to shut the fingers and thumb and carpal tunnel down. So you want to get something that's wide, that fits in more naturally into your hand. But always, sometimes ergonomics, the complication, as we say, if you sit this way and your wrists are normal, now you're you're fine. And I'm saying that is still not completely true. It's better than having your wrists way up or way down for sure. Okay but you still need to train your body still need. You're still going to have repetitive grip problems. So you should try to be neutral and you should train these muscles. Like we're talking about so that you, your body is ready for the physical activity that you're doing. And honestly, that answers the
0: second question because he was talking about, you know, chair height and stand desk and the ergonomics yep. of that. And you're saying like, you know, you're fighting gravity to some extent. So if your desk is really high, you have to yep. fight quite a lot of gravity to get your hands up to it and if your
1: your desk is very low you're probably stretching unnaturally to reach to it you're 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 dead on and that's that's basically like ergonomics and and I'm not ever speaking against ergonomists because they they go into uh, like workplaces and do great great stuff i do think that there has to be a component of wait a minute i'm still not neutral here Like even, but like you said, if my hands are way up right now, all of a sudden my flexor muscles are going to be having to go over time. And when my wrists are way too low, my extensor muscles are going to have to go over time. So, you know, you, you're basically picking your battle if you, if you're not neutral, but neutral is the way to go. You know, you want, you want to support your curve with your. You know, with whatever height uh, your monitor is, you want to support the curve of your neck. Your you know, your nose should be basically level. Your chin should be level, and you should be comfortable. Same with your wrists. Of course, they should come your forearm, and your wrist should come straight across, and that's neutral. Just keep in mind, you know, somebody that's typing all day goes, "Yeah, I'm sitting properly, but I'm still having elbow pain." You still got it. You're still doing a physical job that you have to identify. And if you're doing that for you know four or five eight hours a day, Monday through Friday, it's going to add up. You have to understand that your body is still doing a mechanical uh, a, a mechanical activity. And you you just have to understand, just, just train it properly. Do something to offset what you're doing. And, and that's what we're all about is we call it ergo sizes, basically. You could, like, they're ergonomic exercises, but we do support ergonomics for sure.
0: Absolutely. And that's, those are great answers. Thank you so much for expanding on that. This has been awesome. And I'd love to just like keep you around and keep talking. But I think this is a good point to kind of wrap up the show and give people one more thing where you're like, Hey, if you're still looking for these, this is where to find me or my things, you know, just give you a chance to, to kind of plug for
1: the audience. Yeah. You can ask for them in the, in the States, you can ask for them in most pharmacies, you'd probably be able to track them down if they're not in there, but uh, we're available online. Uh, on our website has more information, which is handmasterplus.com. Uh, you can go there. Uh, we also have our parent site is doczac.com. That's D-O-C-Z-A-C.com. And if you want to ask me any questions, uh, I love answering them. Love uh, you know, sometimes there's something unique that you might not understand. It's info at doczac.com and get a hold of me anytime. Oh, also we have uh, we've got a uh, a book. People are welcome to uh, look at and it's got all the explanation, really explains from start to finish uh, how the fingers and thumbs and hands and wrists and carpal tunnel lay out and elbow and why they're so affected. Uh, And it's called Great Hands, Great Life. You can look at Amazon as the best place to get that. And uh, it's very informative. And once you know the area, uh, you know, an important part for performance and health. And I will be sure to throw
0: those links into the description and the show notes of wherever you're listening at. So if you're looking and you forgot the spelling or you forgot whatever it is, like, just click the button. It'll open up. You can follow a link that'll take you to all this stuff, help you find that so much easier. And if you're buying any of this online, make sure you leave good reviews for it because that helps other people find it. And then
1: if they didn't listen to this show, they still get the benefits. Yeah. And, and, and Colton, that's a good thing is I, I, like, I know, again, I understand as I'm saying this, it's my product. I understand that, but I also see people get easy relief and start to perform and, and have some solutions in their life. And that's what I'm all about is, you know, we got to help each other understand, you know, the challenges in our life and that's why you become an expert at it. And we're, we're helping. We've helped, well, we've, we've helped hundreds of thousands of people with it. And it's just like, you know, recommend it to your friends and family and, getting get in good shape they're not expensive uh and and they do a wonderful job uh and it's a really important area yeah
0: absolutely thank you so much for being on the show i appreciate your time immensely
1: well colton it was awesome to be there i was really looking forward to speaking with you and uh thanks for having me and, and educating your audience it's a, it's an important area
0: do you feel more educated after listening to this episode of the just Down enough podcast If you enjoyed the show, please take a brief moment to rate the show five stars on iTunes, Spotify, or Audible. If you really like what I'm doing, remember to subscribe for more episodes every week and check out the backlog. Let me know what you'd like to hear next by reaching out and emailing me, dumbenoughpodcast at gmail.com, or by sending a message to me on any of the show pages, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, wherever else. I'm always looking for new topics, guest ideas, and questions from the audience. Now that we're in the back half of February, here's some updated rankings. Number one, the United States, with Texas and Oregon as top states. Number two, the United Kingdom, having taken the spot back from number three, Australia, firmly led by Victoria. Number four, Sweden launching up into the top and led by Delarna, And number five, Canada, with Ontario holding the top province. That's it for today. I'll see you all right back here on Thursday for a healthcare alternative. Bye bye